This episode is sponsored by Kangaroo Jack Fitness, personal training that goes above and beyond to get the best results for you. Alan Carragher. Depends what your perspective is. Oh, Tim, I'll spit on you. That reinforces his voice. of the game time podcast alan and tim with me on this one this evening it's going to be a bit of a mixed bag we're gonna have a look at the fa cup some big results from that one (laughs) which we'll start off with and then we'll filter through maybe have a look at some of the champions league games spoiler we're currently recording at the time that liverpool are playing Bayern munich they haven't quite kicked off yet so we won't be talking about that game because we have literally no idea what's happening Fabinho starting in defence, so we'll be talking about Liverpool's loss later in the week, I assume. <laughs> Saying that, last time he started in defence, he had an absolute killer game. I know, he's actually pretty solid. He's um, well class though, is he? Lovren's injured. Which is probably a blessing for Liverpool, to be honest. Yeah. But enough about, enough about Liverpool. How was our weekends? Or slash weekends plus Monday? Amazing. <laughs> oh, I had so much fun. <laughs> Can I just say, I, I had a brilliant weekend. As a West Ham fan, the absence of any games whatsoever <laughs> means... It's a good the, thing. Perhaps of victory, but more importantly, the absence of a loss. Um, so I'll take that. I'll take, I'll take a clean weekend mid-season is, any day. Is it not depressing that Millwall advanced to the next round of the FA Cup for you, though, instead? I, I, no comment. <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> I, look, I wouldn't be so negative as to wish bad on any team. <laughs> Unlike... I feel like you could go back through a few pods and find you ill-wishing certain teams. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm n- nothing, nothing but praise for all, all, all artists of the football arena. Does that include Chelsea with how poorly they're playing at the this, moment? This is not a trial of me. We're here to grill Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, why is Chelsea so bad at the moment? I don't know. We just are shit. Like, yeah, I don't. I genuinely, there's no explanation for it anymore. There's so much wrong at our football club that there's not like a singular reason. It's just an amalgamation of everything has sort of mixed into one massive clusterfuck that no one quite knows how to get out of. The, the big question is, like on the spot question, would, would you hmm. take Avram Grant now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. And a Champions League final. And a Champions League? Oh my goodness. I mean, you're nowhere near that now. <laughs> Oh, thanks for breaking that up. You're no, I mean, you're no, well, what a coach. We're, of course, with the weirdest intro that we've ever done, talking about the Manchester United-Chelsea game, the uh, the marquee fixture of the FA Cup fifth round. It ended 2-0 to Manchester United. Two headers, one from Ander Herrera, one from Paul Pogba. As United, quite comfortably in the end, beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, a place that United tend not to have too much luck. Tim, I, I know we, we've... Uh, We've grilled you a bit at the beginning, but again, it just looks like a very fractured Chelsea team who don't really know what they're doing going forward or backward. Or anything. Like, they, you know, they could just might as well be toddlers out there, to be honest. Although, sorry, still wouldn't play them because they're under 18. 
there's there's a serious issue like whether it's the players not, not you know like like sorry has said maybe not having the mentality and not uh really that interested in playing um like for the club whether like um there's the issue with like throughout the club and not playing youth players or bringing them up properly and then the issue with sari where he's just his team selection is so just miles off where it should be um and then his in-game management is is terrible as well like You've got players, and I mean, we'll come on to Hudson Odoi in a bit, like properly. But you've got players like Hudson Odoi, uh, Ampadu, Christensen, all sat on the bench, and yet with like twenty minutes to go, and two goals down, you bring on a right back. Um, <laughs> it's his his tactics are so off, and I get it. Like Chelsea, the club that sack their manager every season, like we've had ten in the past ten years or something ridiculous. But when you've got a manager that just like even though he came in as so promising, he's got this great brand of attacking football. You've seen what he did with Napoli, but he comes in, makes the wrong team selection and then can't bring on players that will actually affect the game during the game. Then like, what's the point of having him there? Oh, it's all well and good keeping him for, you know, another season so he can bring in his own players and play the way he wants to. But again, if he doesn't get success, then we potentially like the only chance we've ever got of Hazard staying is if we get Champions League football, which we won't get if he stays this season. And there's no guarantee that he'll actually, you know, get the results he wants next season as well. And like, I don't, I didn't want him to be sacked. I think this is the result that's changed my opinion on that. Um, but it's just, he's, he, there's no result coming as well. There's nothing promising about how we play. Yeah, I, I mean, in, in terms of the performance, I, I think this result was probably more worrying actually than the City one. Mm. Um, it's obviously... City, what was it? Six 0 win for them, but yep. you, know, you get those results sometimes. You know, it, once it goes above three or four, you know that you can sort of shut down as a team, and it, it doesn't really, you know, the, the game's lost, and you can sort of ship a few more. But I mean, the second half of this game, like Chelsea offered so little, and and just for a Man U team that that basically were able to sit back and dictate that second half at their own pace. Um, they weren't threatened particularly, and and that meant they could just see see the game out. There was absolutely, like you said, the the tactics by Sarri to to change the face of the game were to bring one of which was to bring on a, a defender, um, and and none of which seemed to work too effectively. Um, like you said about Chelsea changing managers, I was really thinking with Sarri that he was going to be given the correct amount of time in order to sort of put his philosophy on the club because Sarri Ball, that type of player, like we said it before, it's what exactly what Abramovich wants. But if it's to believe today, then the, the the players are really, really unhappy at this stage. And and we talked in the past about player power in football. So if that's to be believed, then Sarri is more in trouble through this than um, than we necessarily thought. Uh, yeah, it, it was a drab, drab game for them. Uh, having said that, man, you were... Pretty, pretty solid as well, Danny. You... Yeah, I, I think United went in there with a game plan, and and lest we forget, their last result was a pretty poor performance against PSG. They got pretty much dominated at home. So for the United team to to come out and and win that quite comfortably in the end, they never looked under too much real pressure. And and Tim mentioned there that, and you did as well, that this result is is bad on Sari. It's it's almost a complete flip for Oli because I think this might be come the end of the season a result that 
gets the job in his favour. Because United have a very difficult month coming up. They yeah. play PSG again in the Champions League, Liverpool this weekend in the Premier League, and not to mention, I think Arsenal are thrown in there as well. I think there's a City game as well. Yeah, so there is, there is a lot riding on this month. And I think this result shows that he can kick it with the big boys. Yes, granted, Chelsea not really in the greatest form at the moment. They're playing some abysmal football. But I think if, if he's going to get the job, this was a bloody good audition for it. Yeah, I mean, we said last week it was r- ridiculous to write him off just based on the PSG game. And you, you could say now that Solskjaer has had four games against top quality opposition in Chelsea, Tottenham, Arsenal and PSG. And, and granted, he lost one, mm. but that was against arguably one of the best teams in Europe. And, and he won the other three. So, you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of there. And, and tactically, they were spot on. You say it was, it, it was a dreadful second half. Partly because of Chelsea, but partly because United were able to dictate things, and you know the way they, they didn't need the... to do anything else. They did well, really. They didn't need to yeah. too well, but you still got to defend well, control the game in midfield, and they certainly did that. One thing that I wanted to to bring up, and Tim, you probably have a better idea of this. So there's a lot been talked about Sarri playing players in the wrong position, being very unambitious in his substitutions. See also Ross Barkley slash Kovacic consistent substitution. Happened again. It Happened is. again. Same minute. I've got a stat for that. Don't you worry. It's bloody unbelievable. But the one thing that I wanted to ask you as well, a lot of has been said about Marcus Alonso, right? And, and constant... mainly by Tim. Yeah. Tim yes. has... <laughs> anti-Alonso anti campaign is in full flow now. And, and I think against Manchester City, Alonso was at fault for a few goals. And he was probably at fault for both the goals for Manchester United. Certainly the first where he didn't track the run of Herrera and the second, it was a counter-attack and he was out of position. But the issue is, Alonso was a solid left wing-back and a goal-scoring left wing-back and didn't look too out of trouble. Is it just another case that he's being played out of position as a left-back? He does not look comfortable in a back four whatsoever. Is, is it him not being a good enough player or is it just Sarri, again, seeming to play a player out of his comfort zone? First of all, it's him not being a good enough player because his his performance has been absolutely shocking. Like you watch him, he's not good going forward either. He, he plays with Hazard. Hazard will get angry at him constantly because he can't pass the ball to him. It's horrendous. And like he had two great opportunities in the uh, United match to cross the ball in, and they just went over the entire penalty box. Like he's useless. Also, you cannot rely on a manager playing five at the back <laughs> for you to be successful as a player. Like uh, for well. Playing four at the back is still the most popular and widely used formation. So if Alonso can only play left wing back, then he, he might be in trouble for Chelsea going forward. But then this is the issue for Chelsea, because Tim, you again will know more than me. But in, in my mind, the only two players that can play at, at left back for Chelsea are both left wing backs in Emerson Palmieri and Marcos Alonso. So they don't have a your traditional left back who who is tackle first and then go forward later. So is that not just a massive, massive weakness? Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, you look, I'd rather have Ashley Cole at 38 and the way he's playing for Derby at the moment than I would uh, <laughs> Alonso. It's like he never left. <laughs> but like, I mean, how there were, how no one was signed in January is beyond me, um, seeing that Alonso's performances. But like, this is again why Sarri will end up going is because he continues to play Alonso when you've got Emerson who admittedly has hardly played, but the performances he's put in have been much, much better than Alonso's because he's tracked back, he's put effort in, he's run up and down the wing, and he's got a decent final ball on him. 
Alonso has none of that. He's not quick. He's got no effort. He can't defend for shit. Like you say, like the City goal, uh, the first City's first goal in the match a few weeks ago was the like definition of that, where he literally just walks off off his man by fifteen yards. And then the failure to track a Herrera for United's first goal. Um, like he, he he's awful. And then put him next to David Luiz as well, who's defending has now gone back to being abysmal. It's just horrendous. Any team can just target those two players and have, you know, many opportunities. Um, but, you know, having Emerson not play is ridiculous to start with. But how no one was signed in January is, yeah, completely beyond me. Um, and I, I just, like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, Aspilicueta can play left-back. He's a solid defender. Admittedly, he's not been great. But, like, he played there for several years when he first came to Chelsea, like kept Felipe Luis out of the team. So if your defensive issues are that bad, put him there and then put Zappacosta at right back or do something, but don't just continue sticking with the same team, making the same substitutions and expect something to happen when we know that it's not going to. Should we talk briefly about the Chelsea people that are having fun then? Uh, Ashley Cole and Franklin. Oh no, they got knocked out, didn't they? Yeah, no, no, no maybe not too much he, fun. He had a brief fun for about twenty seconds, where he got absolutely rifled in the head by that clearance that ended up going <laughs> in, and then realised they got knocked out of the FA Cup. Listen, you've got to be in the position. Yeah, as as as, <laughs> as a goal left scoring back. left back. <laughs> First goal in the FA Cup for the most decorated FA Cup player. He's got eight eight oh, FA Cup wins, I think. We focused a lot on on the Chelsea hardships on that one remembering that Manchester United did in fact win that 2-0 and do advance to the quarterfinals. Uh, a word on Paul Pogba that I wanted to mention, uh, a nice little clip has been rolling around on social media of, of 15 seconds of Jamie Carragher talking after one of the matches on Sky Sports. And he said something along the lines of, if Manchester United fans think it's one or the other, if they think that when Jose Mourinho goes, they'll get a different Paul Pogba, I can assure you, you're wrong. Uh, Jamie Carragher, <laughs> uh, once again, he's at the cutting edge of punditry. But um, if we have a look at some of the other results, because we are now at the quarterfinal stage. He then spat in Gary's face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Massive win for Swansea over Brentford. One reason why I wanted to mention this. Did anybody see Dan James's goal? Oh, Oh. get him in the Olympic squad. Fucking 9.4 seconds it took him to run from box to box and finish it. That's ridiculous. And it was a finish as well. Like he did so well to, to actually score it, having run the entire length of the pitch that quickly. Yeah, exactly. Bless that wheezy centre-back. So <laughs> you are taking the piss with this, son. Um, what's hilarious is we literally were watch- I was, um Before I watched the United match, I was watching the Solskjaer red card from when he was a player when he tracked back from um, <laughs> an attack and then red ca- got a red card by stopping the goal um, and giving away a free kick. Like That's exactly what uh, Brentford needed after that. <laughs> that was- Apparently, Ferguson was absolutely mental at him that he did that. Really? Yeah, apparently, folks, like, great, you've got yourself sent off, you've missed two important games now, you should just let them fucking score. Oh. Which is classic Fergie. But mm. um, but no, I got, the, the thing about that goal from, from Dan James is the fact that he not only takes out about four players with one just punt forwards, but the fact that he can finish it afterwards. If I'd have run that fast and that far, I would have fallen over when I got to the box. <laughs> I'd, I would have been on the floor far, far up. <laughs> I would have pulled two hamstrings and snapped my kneecap trying to go that fast. I mean, at five-a-side football, you did knee a wall the other week, which just put you out. <laughs> That's a legit sporting <laughs> injury. Um, yeah. If anyone, if anyone Googles it, it's concretus kneecapius. Um, it's, it's, when it's you a run, knock. It's, it's when you run into a wall. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very common occurrence, actually. Knee first into a wall as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, if we have a look at some of the other results, of course, West Ham fans will be absolutely pulling their hair out as Millwall advance to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, being AFC Wimbledon. A lot, lot of respect for that. Tough team to beat, Wimbledon. <laughs> tough, tough team to beat. I mean, the League One table might not reflect that. Um, and their recent run of results might not reflect that. But Wimbledon, they've got some star quality. And the big games that, against big clubs. Big, exactly. Yeah, to the words out of my mouth. And the fact that Millwall have um, dragged themselves up from the doldrums um, <laughs> just, just for a game. Uh, it, more power for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, spoken like a true West Ham fan. Uh, Newport, the darlings of the FA Cup this year, unfortunately went down to Man City. I mean, they gave a good account of themselves. They were in that game for a large part of it. And then City ran away with Sane grabbing a goal, Foden, and then all hell broke loose in the last four minutes where there was a goal from Podrick Aman for, for Newport. And then I think Phil Foden got on the score sheet again, then Riyad Mahrez scored. But City threw. Yeah, I mean, the f- one thing to note there, they kept City goalless for the first half. Yeah. So I, d- I don't know how many teams have managed that, but they're, they're quite good at early scoring City. So there's not many teams that keep... Keep them to a clean sheet for the first half. So, yeah, more, more power to them. Uh, elsewhere, Brighton are through. They beat Derby, as we mentioned. Ashley Cole getting his first FA Cup goal. Uh, Bristol City out to Wolves, 1-0, and that one a narrow one. Did, but, you, did you know, by the way, Bristol were the most in, informed team in Europe going into this fixture? Did not. Uh, in terms of the run of the previous 10 games, they they were on a 10-game winning streak, I believe. Or something to that effect. Better than Chelsea. <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> of, of any league in Europe, or or any of the sort of yeah top leagues in Europe. Christ on a bike. Yeah, so a tough team to beat, and I think that showed the fact that Wolves only beat him one nil, and it was quite a late goal, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was after twenty minutes. Ignore that. <laughs> hey. Alan Carragher. Depends what your perspective is. Like, oh, Tim, I will spit on you. <laughs> that that I mean, point. I mean, excellent, excellent point, Tim. Um, <laughs> Listen, 28 minutes is late in the game for some. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> a first half performance from Crystal Palace got them over Doncaster. Jeff Schlupp scoring that one. And then Max Meyer. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the Germans' first goal for Palace. Feel free to correct me, anyone, if they do know. Um, and then, of course, Swansea beat Brentford 4-1. And then Manchester United beat Chelsea by two goals to nil. But that means we get to look at the quarter-final draw. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't take me as a conspiracy theorist. But Manchester City, of the two championship clubs available in the draw, Manchester City get one of them in Swansea City, which means they've faced non-league opposition in Newport and now championship opposition in Swansea. Again, not at all bitter. What's your point, Danny? Especially that you've got Wolves. Not at all bitter. Yeah, man, you've had... Um... Premier League opponents away in every round. And further to say that I'm not superstitious, but come on! Um, draw those balls differently. It's the fact that Darren Fletcher was drawing the balls as well. Like, come on, man. Give us some, give us a chance. Um, Wayne Bridge being the other person drawing the balls as well. So he was quite happy. That, uh, Chelsea... To be away from John Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Who was in the stadium. He was. He, he probably changed into his Man United strip at the end of the game and celebrated. <laughs> How if... dare you? Club legend. <laughs> I mean, he could have come to what? United. Jose was still there. I wouldn't put past him. Uh, if we have take look, him over David Luiz. If we have a look at the full quarter final draw, Millwall have a home tie against Brighton and Hove Albion. 
Swansea have a home tie against Manchester City. Crystal Palace travel to Watford. And Manchester United are away to Wolverhampton Wanderers. How do we see those games going briefly? I'll be honest, Millwall, Millwall will take that. God, they will. What, bring in mm. Brighton to the Den? I'm not, I'm not sure what Brighton's away record is, but I'm pretty sure it's not that good. I think they're relying a lot on home form with the, the Amec Arena, aren't they? Yeah, I'll take that all day. Millwall, big atmosphere, scumbagish atmosphere. I, <laughs> I, 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 I take that back. I take that back. Snake, no. Um, he was too happy about it. And I was like, no, there's no way a West Ham fans would be that happy about Millwall I, getting a home I'm, I'm, I'm not very happy at all. <laughs> but if, if you're a Millwall fan, you certainly would be. Because um, I think, like you said, Brighton are not necessarily the best that, away. And no. Millwall, it's their strength at home with the, the atmosphere behind them. All right, next on the line, Tim, what do you think the score's going to be for that one? Millwall versus Brighton? Oh, I don't know. I reckon potentially just like a 1-0 win for Millwall. I think you're right. I don't think Brighton will be able to uh, challenge them too much. They've been pretty weak recently. So, no, I'll 1-0 win for Millwall. 4-0 Brighton. Fucking hell. <laughs> there's, there's that solid away form that they're looking for. Swansea City versus Manchester City. You'd imagine this one would be quite routine for Pep Guardiola's men. What do you boys think? Scores on the doors? 4-0 again. No. Uh, actually, probably not. <laughs> 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 All right. um, Swansea done very well to get here, but um, City will start ramping this up, I think. Um, yeah, 3-1. 3-1. Tim? Um, I don't know. It'll probably be more, maybe more of a... I, I don't know if it'll be a relaxed team or not, but there'll definitely be some um, like first 11 players in there, like Aguero, so I'll probably go 5-0. Oh, fucking hell. 5-0. Unlucky Swansea. Yep. Um. Now for the all-Premier League ties, we'll start off Watford versus Crystal Palace, a fairly even game. Watford doing mm. very, very well in the league. Palace just chugging along. How do you see this one going, Alan? Um, yeah, like I said, they're both, both quite closely matched. I'd probably edge toward Watford, just given that it's at home. Um, they've possibly got the star talent there. Yeah, go Watford for a 2-1 win. 2-1, Tim. Any advances on 2-1? Uh, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace, purely because I think they've had some good results recently. I think if they're away, I think they can maybe, you know, try and get G'd up a bit. It's the FA Cup quarterfinals. Maybe they can sort of go on a bit of a hunt for a, for a, a place in the final. So I'll go Palace 2-1. 2-1 Palace in the final Wolves. Game. Wolves to win. <laughs> yep. Wolves versus Manchester United in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup. Nuno. Nuno. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like a Wolves win for Alan. Tim, are you, uh, are you going for Wolves win for me. Um, yeah. Never to score a screamer. And uh, both of your contracts with the Game Time Podcast terminated now. Zero hours, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, that about wraps up all the FA Cup dealings for now. We're going to go to a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have a little look at tonight's Champions League games. And Ryan will join us as well for what the last little bond. What about our percentage of commercial revenue? What? There isn't any. What do you want? There's to... no commercial revenue. You can get a percentage of zero. Who have I been getting <laughs> money from? I don't know. Oh, I should address that. Stop hanging around street corners. Uh, okay. Millwall fans. <laughs> Be back after the break. That's it. He's got the chance. He's If you're an MMA fan, be sure to check out the new Switchkick podcast. We preview upcoming events, discuss the big UFC and Bellator news, and John from Philadelphia drops in to give us a few betting tips. To listen, search for Switchkick MMA on SoundCloud 
or Switchkick in the Apple Store. Welcome back from the break. We've been joined by another member of the Game Time team. Ryan, how are you doing? Nice and seamless there. Well done, mate. That was lovely. Yes. Um, hello. How are you? <laughs> yeah, very good. Thank you very much. I needed that compliment. We are going to steamroll straight into the Champions League because I want to forget about these two boys predicting Wolverhampton Wanderers to beat Man United. I'm not going to ask you on your thoughts on that game because <laughs> I don't need three of you against me. So let's. You, you're a Bundesliga fan. You have been for quite a while. Schalke versus Manchester City. Any chance for the Bundesliga team in this one? Uh, absolutely not I'm afraid <laughs> um this yeah I'm afraid they're not they're not in a good way at the minute Schalke um they need well they need to start first of all sort of domestic form out first so this game is I suppose a bit of a bonus the only way that it's going to end well for them is if you like they might just think oh well let's just go for it fuck it and just play all out attacking football because they're within touching distance of the bottom two in the Bundesliga at the minute. So at the minute it's just about survival. I mean when your top when your top goal scorer for the season in the league is a right wing back, you know there's not going to be a lot of stuff going on for you. So yeah, I can see nothing but a city win unfortunately because like I say they they did have a really good year last year but it's just not clicked for them this year. Right. Who's who's that then as top scorer? I didn't know that. Uh, uh, Caligiuri, you know the right wing back, the Italian guy. He's oh. um He's got four goals this year in the Bundesliga. He's their top scorer. Oh, my Christ. I was about to say, why are you trying to denigrate from his great achievement? Maybe you scored, <laughs> had quite a good season, but four. <laughs> yeah. They played in, um, out a nil-nil draw on uh, Sunday with Freiburg. Both, play, both teams ended up with 10 men, so that wasn't exactly a classic. Um, yeah, so, like I say, I, I can't see anything more than a City win to nil, to be honest. I mean, that's probably what I be advising if you were of a betting persuasion because they just can't seem to score going forward at the minute. Partly injuries, partly just the fact that they just seem to be very low on confidence at the minute. So, yeah, big or a very um, big shock at the minute. I think it's just going to go to form. Uh, just having a look at, at the game at the weekend against Freiburg, which ended nil-nil, um, top scorer Kajuri wasn't playing, so probably why they didn't score. <laughs> the main threat, yeah. <laughs> The Freudberg formation is unbelievable. They played 4-2-2-2, but it's essentially just like a, a V in the middle of the pitch with just two wing-backs. Yes. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite bizarre, actually. Um, it is, like I said, I've, they're, they're, they did well to get a point, to be honest. Well, I think probably they should have got all three because Schalke were playing most of the game with, or most of the second half with uh, 10 men. But um, yeah, like I said, they are a bit of a bit of a strange proposition Freiburg. It's quite nice, though, because, like I say, you get like these different tactics and you get these different formations springing up in the Bundesliga. You see like a couple of um, different ones. But, yeah, like I say, in terms of Schalke, I think, I think it's going to be a bit of a bit of a um, difficult one for them tomorrow. An uphill battle for Schalke, indeed. On the Manchester City front, if we're assuming that they're, they're all going to win this... Um... Do Manchester City need to win the Champions League this season or at least make it to a final? Oh, God. Um, I th- no? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the toughest competition to win in the world. I don't, I don't think... What, in terms of Pep being seen as a success? In terms of, A, Pep being seen as a success because after Barca, he's struggled very much. I mean, Bayern... I mean, the best. He struggled with Bayern. No, in terms of oh, Champions, Champions League, League yeah. he was criticised for not 
winning the Champions League with the squad that he had, the City squad is, is just as potent. And in a season where Real Madrid are really off the pace. Yeah. It, teams look like they could be... Barcelona are good, but they've got a tricky tie against Lyon. You've got Atletico Madrid versus Juventus, which we'll come on to as well, which means one big side is going out there. Liverpool Bayern, another one. There is a pathway for them to get to the final. So do you think they have to at least make it to a semi-final or a final for Pep to, to be justified in spending the ridiculous amounts of money that he has spent? I think there is an expectation there. And they, I, they are the favourites to win at this point. And, um, and you can sort of see why, like you said, the way that Real Madrid are faltering slightly. This is one of the poorest buy-in sides we've seen, you know, in, in quite some time. Um, well, Barcelona certainly slightly uh, will give a stronger showing than they did last year. Uh, but uh, you're right, there is a certain degree of expectation. Um, I, I think they should be making a semis. Whether it be disappointing if they didn't make the final, I'm not sure. I would say uh, for you to nail your colours to the mast in which team would win this. But both teams play in blue. So don't nail that colour to the mast. It's either light, it's either light or royal blue. It's a very, very different, certainly coloured flag. Nail your shade of blue to the mast. Uh, Tim, which way do you see this game going? Uh, I mean, you've got, a, you've got a back city right, but um, I do have the, the Champions League farmer in my FIFA team, so I'd quite like a Schalke win at home. <laughs> oh, I'd absolutely love the loyalty towards FIFA players. Uh, if you had to pick a score, what, what are you fancying? 3-1 City. Oh, three big away goals. Only if Caligiri plays, though. Literally, Caligiri <laughs> will score and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> 2-0 City for me. 2-0 City. A more conservative away result. Ryan, um, I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with Alan, but the only reason I think it's only going to be 2-0 is because that City have got a domestic cup final on Sunday to look forward to. Mm. So they might be thinking they get a couple of goals, haul off a couple of players, maybe um, sort of like save their legs for Sunday and then just think, well, if we take two, a two-away goal lead back to the Etihad, we can pretty much cruise in second, third gear get get through and then sort of come back next next round when they're probably going to face a, a probably a team in better form. Um, one thing I would say though about Bayern Munich, obviously the the game is about to start the, the Liverpool game. I do feel like Bayern Munich have if they turn up and Liverpool have an off day, they have enough to win tonight. That's again probably going to come bite me on the ass because we are now recording this just before it starts. But um, I feel like they've Bayern Munich have gone slightly people are sort of writing them off a bit too early and I feel like you should never do that with Bayern Munich because they are the most successful team of recent times in Germany for a reason. Um, so I think generally, I think they've got a chance of at least getting a one or two a good away goals and then maybe even getting a draw or a win back to Munich next week or week after, sorry. And, and they're clawing it back in the Bundesliga, to be honest, mainly because Dortmund seem to be faltering. You haven't been on the pod for a while, but Tottenham did win 3-0 last week in the Champions League. A quick word on that. Uh, you must have been pretty happy, no? Oh, definitely, yeah. Very unexpected, though. I was watching it the first half and we sort of got in. It was almost like I was sort of speaking to my dad about it and speaking to like people I know about it. And it was very much like a boxing fight the first half and we just wanted the bell. We wanted half-time. And it was like, right, just get in, regroup. And then obviously scoring two minutes after the second half starts really kicked, kicked us on. Um, and obviously, this sort of the two goals towards the end have really given us a bit of a 
boost. Um, a couple of things. First of all, if anyone thinks that now the game is over and we'll go there and comfortably see a 3 0 aggregate um, score out there, absolute Muppet, because we definitely won't. <laughs> um, there's someone's like. On Muppets, because that was literally the basis of the pod last week. Yeah. I'm afraid so, because the problem is someone someone's going to get an early red card and then it's going to throw our whole plan into disarray and we'll be 2-0 down at half time and it'll be an absolute shit show. I can see it coming already. It's going to be horrible, but um, it's one of those things. I signed up for it when I first started supporting him, so I know, I know what to expect. Um, <laughs> and secondly, I think, um, like obviously, Jan Bertongen got a lot of praise for his performance. Um, I feel like that was... In my opinion, that's probably up there with one of my like most favourite performances from a Spurs player in recent times. Probably rivals own rivaled only by probably Bale against Inter Milan at the San Siro. Um, probably when Harry Kane first sort of turned up against Chelsea that year, about three or four years ago. I think those are the those are the sort of the main ones. It's it was that good. Like I say, to play out of position as a 31 year old player as a wing back who is not known as the quickest player to sort of like come back and then obviously to score as well and just to generally sort of after the second half nullify Sancho who's very dangerous it was absolutely outstanding it's, it's one of the best he's one of my favourite Tottenham players I think of all time even more so now he is absolute he can just do everything he is yeah. a, he's a very very good player I mean, the one thing the problem that I always like in my head I always think that the fact that we signed him the year after Ledley King retired and I feel like if we had was ever we had him and like prime Ledley King in the, in the league um, starting every week we'd have won every competition going including the Grand National <laughs> <laughs> because like you just see both of them are just uh, like obviously Ledley King in his time I've got a lot of time for him um, but obviously cut short with injury and then Vertonghen he's just like he seems to get better every year and a lot gets good Vertonghen has been better than him for the last 18 months two years now Definitely oh, more consistent. Someone you could really rely on. Definitely. He's fantastic. He's outstanding. I mean, if anyone anyone's looking for like a reliable centre half, then they should just, just pay away. I know he's thirty one, but it's the same with like Diego Godin going to he's going to Inter, isn't he, Danny? Is that uh, right? Yeah, I believe so, end of the season. Yeah. End of the season on contract. I mean, absolute staple for them. I don't care if he's in his mid thirties, he's a fucking great player. He's making like it, you... go on, sorry, Alan. I think he's Make, made quite a few mistakes this year compared to previous years from what I gathered yeah form. he's still quite like, like he's still yeah, that's what I mean like he, he makes like three or four mistakes a season and everyone's like oh he's lost it <laughs> whereas like Phil Jones is like in one game but um, yeah he's just he's just he's just a top bloke I love Yamba uh, Tongan <laughs> top bloke Yamba Tongan speaking of Diego Godin Atletico Madrid versus Juventus it's very finely matched I don't just because of the Ronaldo fact, he probably would shift towards Juventus. Um, it's going to be a great atmosphere. They'll, they're going to be... Well, you, you see they're probably going to try and get behind Cristiano Ronaldo and get, get on his nerves slightly, the Atletico fans. And that's certainly something they're going to be targeting. Um, yeah, the, this this be a big moment for the season of Ronaldo in terms of this would probably been his biggest challenge so far in a Juventus shirt. It would be an, in- an interesting one. Though, I would say, totally agree with you, the Ronaldo factor is there. If there is one man who knows, to, knows how to absolutely strangle a top-class player out of a game, it's Diego Simeone. The man is a genius at just making games very difficult for those sort of players. Where do you see this one going, Tim? Two finely matched teams, 
What are your thoughts for the match? I mean, I can't pick Atletico purely because I've been saying that Juventus have been the favourites uh, all season. Um, so it's not, uh, no, I'm not allowed to pick Atletico. But um, Atletico at home are a very difficult place to go. And I think Juventus will struggle. But like you said, the Ronaldo factor, Zabal has not been great recently. Um, but I think they do have the star power to get through it. Plus, yeah, um, they've got they've got a sort of goal. So I'll go with Juventus, I think. But um, definitely for the both legs, Juventus will um, come through. I did, this one is much more hard to call. But uh, I'll go with Juventus purely because I'm then backtracking what I've literally been saying for the past six months. We've got one vote for Juve. Ryan, is that two or is it 1-1? One, one? It is. I'm going for an absolutely nailed-on banker, nil-nil draw. 100%. It's, it's going to be the most tightest game, I think, of the whole Champions League knockout stages by far. And I think, yeah, I'm going to go nil-nil draw. Nil-nil draw. Oh, Alan? Oh, I'm going to go 1-0. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Finally poised indeed. I reckon Morata will cost Atletico. <laughs> Finally got my own back. He got an assist at the weekend, so he's already done more for Atletico than he did for Chelsea in half a season. Yeah, how many so, offsides has he got, though? <laughs> that's what matters. That <laughs> I don't know to hand. But uh, that's your Champions League Wednesday evening wrapped up. Before we go, as always, we have talking points. Does anyone want to kick us off this week with something they found from this week's football? I've got a few. So, first one, we were talking about Chelsea earlier. Just the, um, the stat that sums up Sarri, really. Uh, his substitutions in-game. Um, 13 of them have been for Barkley for Kovacic over the entire season. And every match Kovacic has started, he's then come off mainly for Barkley uh, and once for Loftus-Cheek as well. So uh, that sums him up pretty, you know, pretty perfectly. The other ones are Pedro for Willy in eight times, seven times uh, Kovacic on for Barkley and seven times Giroud for Morata as well. Um, that is such pleasant reading. I love it. Um, How many times has he subbed on hudson Adoy? <laughs> minus three. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next one I've got um, the Mauro Icardi saga um, I, I genuinely don't know what's going on uh, in the news this week is that uh, Icardi's wife and his agent uh, broke down on crying on TV uh, because saying that Icardi didn't want to leave the San Siro and then later that day posted a video on Instagram of her burning a picture of the two of them on their fire at home and, and not to mention, Mauro Cardi had a full-on mental breakdown with his sister over Twitter rather than using WhatsApp, which I imagine they have a family WhatsApp group. They could. <laughs> <laughs> it, was it, do you think, Danny, do you think it was the classic, like, um, just like, a, like, rather than get it on the WhatsApp, the, the classic, like, Italian parents, like, just do it and talk it out <laughs> yourselves. <laughs> don't, don't talk about it. Just, like, do it, do it somewhere else. I'm not interested. <laughs> Leave me alone. Go do it. <laughs> um, and wife and uh, Arnautovic's brother should team up and do some sort of family <laughs> family staged sports agency business <laughs> meddling in the lives of others oh my god uh, apparently though and, and I don't I've seen rumours of this but I, I don't know Argentinian culture uh, very well apparently burning photos of each other is a, is a birthday thing I think it's Acardi's birthday or their anniversary. It's one of the two, and apparently that's like a cultural uh, thing. You do. But again, I, I only saw that briefly on Twitter. So, what, what, the fuck, what the fuck is wrong with just getting someone a catapult? <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, the last one I've got is uh, I don't know if anyone's heard of Chilean side O'Higgins, um, but they've 
Only South American football teams sound like an Irish <laughs> yeah, bar. Um, they've, they've debuted their new fuchsia coloured kit. And uh, the most striking thing about it, other than the colour, is the fact they've been sponsored by McDonald's. Uh, they've got a big bucket of fries at the bottom of the uh, kit on the back. And then the numbers are all in fries. Solid. <laughs> there, it's, it's, it's great. Um, there's just a picture of them all hugging each other, like with McDonald's fries everywhere on the back of the shirt. It's just brilliant. It's just, I, it's very clever. But how they're the only team to be sponsored by McDonald's that I've heard of is mental. I'm loving that. That's when I was good. a lad for my uh, under-14 side, we were sponsored by KFC for a season. Ah. Did yeah, you have a piece of original recipe chicken on your shirt? Ryan, have you got anything from football this week? Um, yes, um, I'm sure you all watched the video that I put in the um, group chat the other day about the young lad from Stevenage, Ilias Chair, had an absolute game on uh, Saturday against Lincoln. They were two, Stevenage were 2 0 down in the 87th minute. He then pulls two worldies out of absolutely nowhere and gets them back to a two-all draw. And then he could have easily, if you've seen the video, you can, he could have easily scored like nine goals in this game. <laughs> All of them are from like 30, 30 yards plus. And he just does the same thing. He just keeps like cutting inside on his right foot and just bending it into the top corner. I mean, like, I would have loved to have been a Stevenage fan there. You think, oh, fair enough. Because obviously, Steve, um, Stevenage, obviously not having the best season. Lincoln, pretty good at the minute. They're sort of top promotion candidates from League Two. They were 2-0 down. I think, oh, fair enough. We've come to Lincoln. We've, we've lost 2-0. We're not disgraced ourselves. Then some guy just starts picking the ball up and behaves like Ronaldinho in his prime. You can see the goalkeeper in the video. It's like, oh, come on, mate. Bayer would make a £35 million pound bid for him. <laughs> I'll not be surprised. I mean, like I say, judging on that, if that was just this highlight reel for the whole season, then people would be chucking money at QPR. That's where he's on loan from. He's on loan from QPR. I mean, like, it's just like... The, the guy behind the goal was my favourite, the Lincoln fan, who they let the second goal in, which is it goes in off the bar, which is obviously makes it supremely better, as we've discussed before. Um, and then um, he just like he just stands up and he's like he just has his hands out and he's like, "What the fuck <laughs> is this? <laughs> we were winning a minute ago. Now this guy's come up like and started doing bits for him. I don't understand. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, the first goal is possibly my favourite, mainly because it doesn't hit the bar. I've, I've talked about. Yeah. But it's the fact that bends the ball yeah. the wrong way. Like he goes across goal with a side foot and just it's good technique. Oh, yeah. it's delicious. Alan, what have you got for us? Um, only that well, Scalzi's been doing pretty well, hasn't he? We another former player watch. We've got Tom yeah. and Campbell watch. You're on Scalzi watch. What have, I mean, <laughs> what have you got for us? Yeah, both second division. I can't wait for them to face each other. Oh, that'll be tasty. Yeah, the quiet man versus the batshit crazy. <laughs> so <Saul> Campbell. <laughs> Um, yeah, strong showing from them. Yeah. Um, obviously, Skulls managing the team he supports. Um, yeah, one win and one draw. Yeah, about as good as you could hope for. Unless it was two wins. Valid. <laughs> that, that is true. That is a fact. Um, there, yeah, he's got me. He's got me. My one from this week is just, and I'll put it on our Twitter as well because it's probably better to read. Uh, just the beautiful side of Twitter. So Yeovil Town posted um, a tweet and it said, Darren Way has been given a boost by Omar Suomi's return to training. Post a picture of Omar Suomi. Somebody on Twitter replies with, a chocolate bar isn't going to be of much use. To which someone else replies, that's just a bit racist, mate. 
and you think, oh no, this is going the wrong way. Second reply, he just says, wasn't intending it to be racist. I meant boost as in the chocolate bar from oh, Cadbury's. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Brand wild as well. <laughs> that gentleman just goes, oh, sorry, mate. And they go on their way with a like a piece. Yeah. Oh, just, just a wonderful side yeah. of Twitter. But that about wraps it up from me. Unless anyone else has got any... I mean, this isn't related, but have you seen Carlos Valderrama's wife? No. <laughs> I'll just post the picture. They uh, look exactly the same <laughs> with the haircut. Valderrama's haircut is quite well known. The picture of his wife, they look just so similar, except she hasn't got a moustache. <laughs> well, that's good. That's, that's, that's solid. <laughs> oh, my God. That is <laughs> Chuck that on the Twitter. Chuck that on the Twitter. Definitely. Christ What's going on fuck? now? I'll tell you what, Carlos Valderrama, in, in again, another very weird story from my youth, and Alan's youth, when the 2012 Olympics rolled around, Carlos Valderrama was the man who carried the torch through our hometown. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> he, carried, he carried it through Berkshire, picked up at Co-op in Windsor, and then carried it on through. My God's name. The Co-op in Windsor. <laughs> Yeah. So how they... has this passed me by? How did you not know this? It yeah. was actually his wife. You just couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was running very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's an interesting end to this pod with yeah, uh, plenty of throwback things. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Cheers, boys. Yeah, See you later. Always, thank you very much. Cheers. I hope next time I'm while I'm talking something slightly more positive about Chelsea. I doubt that. Unlikely. Oh, yeah, very unlikely. This season, I said, I said, I said, I hope. <laughs> Alan, you know, you know, shut the fuck up, and we'll be back <laughs> next week. Remember, you can tweet us game time underscore pod on Twitter or game time podcast one at gmail.com. Until then, bye. <laughs>